I want to share a, a story quickly of one of our friends from Love in Motion. I often ask us um, as a group to share stories of what God's doing, of how he's encouraging, of how he's um, giving us glimpses of hope. Um, we have some people who listen to our podcast but have never come to Love in Motion. I've shared those stories, and we have people who come and sit here on a Sunday morning and listen to God's Word as well. I want to share one story that I got um, a few days ago. It says this. It says, Over the last few years, I have struggled to find meaning and purpose in my life. My husband and I have been unable to have children, and I have had a hard time getting my career off the ground. I spent my days thinking, maybe tomorrow my dreams will come true. I will finally have children. I will finally have a career. I will finally have a purpose. But then days turned into weeks, weeks into months, and months into years, and nothing had changed. Eventually, my dreams didn't provide me hope anymore. Instead, they began to feel like a cruel joke. I was teetering on the brink of feeling utterly lost and completely joyless. But then last week, 11 Motion, Poyo asked a question. What if the fulfillment you are looking for is found in God and your relationship with your neighbors? He reminded us that the greatest commandment in all of Scripture is to love God and to love others. And, th- and that's when we... And that when we choose to give love, we enter into God's divine infrastructure where we are loved in return. As I listened to the message, I felt things inside me begin to shift. What if I stopped looking to the future and started focusing on loving people today, right here, where I am now? What if that would give me the sense of purpose that I've so been longing for? So I walked out of love in motion with a new mindset and a new plan. I would do at least one small act of love for another another person each day. On Monday, I shared a recipe with one of my neighbors. On Tuesday, I emailed a friend and I told him all the things I appreciate about him. Now I'm on day seven of intentionally loving my neighbors and it is amazing. As simple as these acts of love are, they have given me an incredible sense of purpose. Today, I feel my hope my joy, and my sense of fulfillment being restored. I haven't given up on my dreams. Maybe someday I will have children or an awesome career. But either way, I know that I've discovered my very greatest purpose to love. I so love the transparency there. I think about maybe how difficult it was for this person to sit down and type that out and share, just be vulnerable. The beauty in that story is that the way he's working there, he works in your heart as well. So we grasp that story with hope, having joyful anticipation of what is to come because of his work, because of his power. So today is the last day of a series we've been going through for the last eight weeks. So for some of you, you will be glad to see this for the last time, at least hear this graphic. And this graphic is asking this question. How are you doing with relationships with people who are in your life already? See, 
This middle square is you. That's where you live, that's your condo, that's your apartment, that's your home on the cul-de-sac, that is your upper level or your lower level, wherever you are, that's you. And the questions we've been asking is, if we believe that you're there for a purpose, how are we progressing with relationships in our lives? If we believe that there is fulfillment with people who are already in our lives through loving God and loving others, then how are we doing? And question number one, we've been asking this, is for these empty squares, people who are around you, who have been around you maybe for a week, maybe for five years, depending on where you're at, right? How many of these boxes could you fill in with the name of people? Just You've had some kind of interaction, you know their name. How many could you fill in? Perhaps first name and last name. One box, two boxes, three boxes, eight boxes. How many? For the second question we've been asking is, what do you know about your neighbors, people who are currently in your life that you've learned um, because of some kind of meaningful conversation, a.k.a. something that you can't perceive just by looking at them? Just... It's the tall guy who always wears the green shoes. More than that, his name is John. He's from L.A., and he moved over here to go to school at SMU. How many folks could you share stories about? And for number three, we're going a lot deeper. Some information that I would contend would only be communicated through a meaningful conversation, maybe over a drink, maybe over dinner, spending some meaningful time together. For how many people could you say, I know what their dreams are. I know what their regrets are. I know what their hurts are. I know what they fear. So this is what we're trying to do with this series is we're trying to move from people in our lives that are strangers, relationships are progressive, that that would move to an acquaintance, and that eventually these people would become friends in our lives. Like a true friend. Like the kind of friend that you enjoy a bag of Doritos and a Coke with. Right? What if there's a purpose in all of that? A beautiful purpose that provides this infrastructure as we just read from this email that provides that fulfillment, that sense of purpose. So we're in a series called Weird and we're calling it Weird because the more we've advanced in this series, the more we've kind of found out that we're not doing life perhaps the way that we've been called to. And when we do hear the, seri- the, the, the stories, it's almost weird. It's almost an anomaly. There's more that aren't than those who are. So when we hear this, we, we either come closer to the fire and see what the burn teaches us, or we walk away from it and we say, this is too much for me. I mean, those are basically the options. And the hope and the desire is that we would walk away changed, right? That there would be stories to share. That I would have a story from you next week and from you and from you. Not for my purpose, but for the hope of encouraging all of us. This is what he's doing in my life. It works because Jesus says it works. The one verse that we've been going off of for the last eight weeks is found in Mark chapter 12, verse 31. And in this verse, Jesus just finished saying, love God with everything you've got, heart, soul, mind, strength, everything you've got. 
He is the center. He deserves to be the center of our lives. Not option two or three or four, center. And then we revolve around him. And he continues to say, love your neighbor as yourself. And I love the beauty and the freedom that this word gives us, that he doesn't give a laundry list of things to do. He says, by the way, these are the most important commandments in all of Scripture. 60 plus books in the Old Testament and the New, uh, and the New Testament. And he says, we can summarize everything that's in there by loving people in our lives. And what if this is true? What if we can find a sense of purpose and fulfillment in doing that? What's love? Well, Merriam-Webster says that love is a feeling of strong or constant affection for a person. Second definition gives is an attraction that includes sexual desire. And third, a strong affection felt by people who have a romantic relationship. Okay, so Merriam-Webster gives us a host of things, right? That love could be. But it's extremely important that we understand the context of Mark chapter 12. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. So is loving your neighbor as yourself feeling affection for a person, having a sexual uh, attraction for a person, or being involved in a romantic relationship? Well, for the sake of what we're looking at and what we've looked at for the last eight weeks, it's neither of those. When it was penned, and Jesus says, love your neighbor yourself, what is the context of that? What is the definition of that? And it's put the needs of others before yourself. It comes from a word, agapao, and it means this type of love is their needs before your own needs. Not easy. But it's the type of love that sets us up with this infrastructure and provides fulfillment. So it's the kind of love where you put others before yourself. The title for today's message is unforgettable so if you're taking notes in a notebook or we've got note cards and pens somewhere close to you or maybe you're using your your smartphone the title for today's message is unforgettable i want to show you a an unforgettable moment um, that happened earlier in the week with our seven-year-old son and then we'll talk about this a little bit more in just a second I took my son to a Lego fest a couple days ago. He's in love with Legos. In love with Legos. When we finished recording that video, 
he looked at me and said, this is the most unforgettable day of my life. Think about that, seven-year-old. And he says, that is unforgettable, Dad. He had no idea we were going there. He had no idea. I just showed up at the Dallas Convention Center. He said, what are we doing? I said, just come. It's going to be awesome. But he had no idea. So I'm not sure if you were able to catch his emotions, the expressions on his face. It was like everything. An unforgettable moment was created in his heart and in his mind. What if we became people who created unforgettable moments in the hearts and minds of people who are in our lives already? What if we looked for those opportunities, small opportunities, medium opportunities, massive opportunities to create unforgettable moments for people in our lives? I'm not talking about glitzy and glamoury and investing all of your retirement account in this. Please don't go there. It cost us $20 and I had to rearrange my schedule and make it happen because guess what? I hadn't planned on being there. You know what it took? Putting the needs of others before my own. Did I have the extra money just to throw away and say I want to go to Lego Fest? Not really. But I knew that it would create something in his heart and in his mind. Did I have the extra time on a busy weekend when it's the busiest time for me preparing for Sunday? I didn't. It doesn't come easy. That's why this type of love that he's talking about is so weird. What would be our fuel if we truly want to do this? I mean, if, if we want to be a group of people who create unforgettable moments for people in our lives, for our friends, for our neighbors, for our moms, for our dads, for our cousins, for those who we don't know, what would be our fuel? I mean, how could this possibly happen? Because it sounds like it would take a lot of effort, right? And I've got a busy schedule, Poyo. I can't do this. Go find somebody else. You don't know how busy I am. My Outlook calendar doesn't have a lot of open slots. Well, guess what? You have the same time as I do. But our heart has to be in the right place. What would fuel that? How could we possibly do it? Well, let's look at what Jesus says, right? In John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus gives us the answer of how to do this. He says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I to you, you will produce plenty of fruit. Not, he's not talking about apples or oranges. He's talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What's the first one? Love. He says, remain connected to me because I'm the source. I'm the vine. You are the branches. He says, with me, you can produce much of this. And then he gives us a very real word how Jesus tends to do it. And he says, guess what? By yourself and without me, you can do nothing at all. 
emptiness and you keep desiring and you keep hoping and there's like nothing there. I've been there way too many times and I know exactly what that feels like. I'm at the end of myself. There is no hopelessness. When I acquired X, I thought that this was going to be it, but it's really leaving me empty still, hollow, not really full satisfaction. He says, remain connected to me. He says, I'm the fuel. I'm the source. So what does this look like? It looks like this. When we remain connected to him, in a very pragmatic way, it means we do as he says. Just think about that. He says, here's my word. This is what I would like you to do. Love me and love others. That's what remaining in him means. Keep his ways. So what's the flip side? Well, he says, you're either in me or not in me, right? You either abide in me or you don't. You're either connected to me or you're not connected to me. What does not connected being mean? You do things your way. You say, I've got a better way to do it because I've achieved much in my life. I got a couple of degrees on the wall and I've got a really nice salary and where I live is awesome and the car I drive is exactly what I want. And and then we wake up and we're empty because we keep trying to do things our way. Like the sin that underlies every other sin Martin Luther says is a sin of disbelieving God hit rewind real quick go all the way back to Genesis if you know a little bit of that Bible Adam and Eve have everything utopia think about that and they say I know a better way to do this and it's never worked when we say my way is better And unfortunately, we keep falling on our face and feeling empty and hollow and dissatisfied. No matter how much we try to get or achieve or do or fulfill us with, it always falls short. Now, don't get me wrong. It's temporary and it feels good for the moment because I've been there too, done that way too much until I got to the end of myself. C.S. Lewis says that if nothing on earth satisfies us, don't miss this, please. It's because we were probably not created for anything on earth to satisfy us. God satisfies. His way satisfies. Not restrictions. Just the master plan. Love me. Love others. Remain in me. That's the fuel. You don't have to try harder. You don't have to pull yourself up from the bootstraps and say, all right, today, here we go again. He says, here you go. Just remain connected. What does it mean again to remain connected? Do as he says. There's life there. Beautiful life. Abundant life, John 10.10. More than enough life. The vine, Jesus, is 
an inexhaustible source. There is no end. This is extremely difficult for us to understand because everything that you and I can touch right now is finite. It has an expiration date, whatever it is. Your car, your house, a relationship, my kids, that's how life is. So it's difficult for us to really grasp this inexhaustible, unending fountain that keeps giving and giving and giving and never dries out. He says, run to me. I am the inexhaustible source. So when we tend to do things our way, however, we often fall weak to ourselves. When we try to love others with our strength, it says that we real, really not produce anything. But when we plug into His Word, when we plug into doing His ways, just as simple and as clearly as He said, He says there's strength there. There's true strength. There's true beauty. There's true satisfaction. There's true fulfillment, He says. So the question to a room full of educated people is, what if we believed? What if we believe that that vine has all of the nutrients for us to be fueled and do? Religion says, go and do more. Religion says, jump through the hoop. Higher and harder. Relationship says, I love you. Relationship says, I already gave everything you need. Relationship says, plug in. So what if we believed? What could this look like? What could it look like if we all took God's word, say just a group of ten of us, start off with that number, for the next six months, loved people in unforgettable ways. Ten people in 180 days. Ten people. Coworker, neighbor, mom, dad, cousin. Somebody who hurts you. Six months. What would that look like? Into a hundred people? With unforgettable moments? And what if those six months happen again? And again and again? What, what, what's the potential? It's amazing. That's the power in this it's not to try and fill these seats it's own your domain look where you're at already
create unforgettable moments in their hearts and in their minds. Could a city be changed? I'll let you chew on that. When we live love, when we take his word at what it says, we are connected to the source. It will seem weird. You're going to be an anomaly. But somehow it works. Because he says it works. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit, but this has happened more than once. I tend to be running out for a meeting. And I ask my wife, where are the keys to the SUV? And she says, I don't know, you drove last time. But you keep the, ca- the house in such great order that perhaps you grabbed them. Looking in my closet, looking on the countertops, drawers, jean pockets. And more than once it has occurred that when I put my hands in there, they're in there. When we keep trying to do things our way, it's like having the keys in our pocket already and but refusing to believe, saying, that's not good enough for me. So what do we keep ha- what keeps happening? The cycle. Well, I thought this would do it, but it didn't. And I thought this would, but it didn't. And I thought this would, but it didn't. And I thought, right? You've been there? I have. Way too many times. But what if we believed that the source truly is inexhaustible? Think about the picture that he gives us. I am the vine. The vine is connected to the soil. There are nutrients that it needs. And every branch that is connected is able to feed off of that and produce its own fruit. And then there are some branches that start to wither away with time and dry and they fall off to the ground. And that's what will happen according to Jesus in John chapter 15 with those who continue to do things our own way. Why would we wither off, fall to the ground and be worthless? No sense of purpose, if you will. Because we're trying to do things our way and it doesn't work like that. This is such a humbling word for all of us because it means I surrender. It means I can't and I've done it wrong. It means throwing your hands up in the air and saying, I want to be connected to the source. It's inexhaustible. It never runs low, much less dry. The charge for us 
is to believe. that he's given us everything we need in order to do everything that he has called us to do. 1 Peter chapter 2. What if we believed that the connection to that inexhaustible source gave us the ability to be unforgettable moment creators? Don't miss the beauty of that. We just read what happened in our friend's life. I sought fulfillment through everything. And I just realized that the infrastructure is right here already and that somehow I feel like I never have felt. If you're tired, like I have been many times when I'm running around and trying to do things my way, then today is a day to throw up your hands to just put your heart out there and say I want to be connected to you and as we do that we have the ability to create Lego fest unforgettable moments you don't need to have a lot of money you don't need to have a lot of wisdom you don't need to have a lot of time you need to have a heart that believes that being connected to the source is more than enough. So here's how I'll close up. No matter where you're at this morning, no matter how hurt, broken, lost, desperate you are this morning, we all need to hear this, is that Jesus' love for you is unstoppable. Like the hound of heaven is on your trail. And there may be 10 million steps between you and him. And guess what? He's taking every single step until he grabs you from the hand. That's his inexhaustible love. And that's the good news that we try to close every single morning at Love in Motion with. Not a laundry list of go and do. But the freedom of it has already been done. And it's been done perfectly. We just give up. And we believe. And the inexhaustible source says you're plugged in where you need to be plugged in. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you because you are the encourager and because you are the one who hounds us with unstoppable grace and love. Empower us to be unforgettable moment creators. It's in Jesus' name we pray.